It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. The summer of starvation. How's that for a breaking report? It's coming. It's already unfolding and it will accelerate. And if you don't believe it, you will wait and see. There's already an ever-growing list of rapidly collapsing societies. The so-called summer of starvation is already a daily reality for them. And here's even worse news. It's not just a summer of starvation. It's just getting started. We're nearing the proverbial event horizon. So why does almost no one in the ranks of the first world nations, most specifically, why are they not alarmed? What's the majority still focused on? what mainstream media tells them to focus on, in spite of what they should be able to so easily see around them and above them in our skies. Question, what does mainstream media cover that in any way, shape, or form compares with the tidal wave of planetary omnicide that's looming over our collective heads? Why don't more see it? Why don't more care? Here's a clue from the past, a quote from John D. Rockefeller who said, quote, I don't want a nation of thinkers, I want a nation of workers. And this timeless nugget from H.L. Mencken, who said a newspaper, a.k.a. corporate media, is a device for making the ignorant more ignorant and the crazy crazier. Bottom line, it's not just the blind leading the blind. Even worse, it's the insane leading the insane. From last week, this, government claims right of access and surveillance on all private land. Stay tuned for more on that shocking report. And how many know that John D. Rockefeller Jr. donated the land for the United Nations headquarters. In the words of the late George Carlin, it's a big club, and we're not in it. And the UN pushing so-called sustainable development. Translation, perpetual development on a finite planet with finite resources that are dwindling by the day. And there's that nagging issue of the planet's rapidly imploding life support systems. Search and view planet of the humans for a deep dose of reality on so-called renewable energy. For those that still think current technology is going to somehow save us from ourselves, please think again and do some solid objective research. It's all but impossible to comprehend the totality of what's coming and it's already unfolding. What seems so permanent to so many was and is essentially a temporary illusion. The party's over and it's not coming back. If you're willing to face the worst news of all, you're on the right broadcast. You're listening to the weekly Global Alert News Hour, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. This broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org. That's G-E-O, the word engineeringwatch.org. 40-plus million visitors to our site and counting. This broadcast is now aired on numerous AM and FM stations in cities throughout the U.S., this is Dane Wigington, your host of the Bad News Broadcast. Please check the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for our YouTube channel versions of the Global Alert News Broadcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please circulate our groundbreaking documentary exposing global climate engineering operations titled The Dimming, available to view for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Help us to expand our voice and in doing so to more effectively sound the alarm and expose the insanity, starting with what's occurring in our skies.
Let's cover some COVID-19 vaccination headlines, the kind that social media platforms won't let us cover because any data that doesn't line up with official propaganda and official disinformation isn't allowed there. Let's start with this headline from last week. Multiple sources. Studies link incurable prion disease with COVID-19 vaccine. From the report, this. A peer-reviewed study has just identified sudden Crutchfield-Jacobs disease cases appearing after getting the Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca vaccines, suggesting links between getting vaccinated and being infected with that disease. Another parallel headline, same theme. This one from Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s childrenshealthdefense.org. COVID vaccines linked to new type of incurable fatal degenerative brain disorder. From that report, studies suggest a link between rapidly progressing incurable and fatal prion disease known as Crutchfield-Jacobs disease and COVID-19 vaccines. There are many more reports, but not on mainstream media. And this also from Children's Health Defense. Let's look at some statistics. This is from the VAERS website, Vaccine Adverse Event React Recording System. Excuse me. Most recent data, 1,287,595 injuries reported after COVID-19 vaccine injections. Vaccine injury compensation programs are, quote, overwhelmed. From that report, the VAERS data, that's again the Vaccine Adverse Event Recording System from the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, show, again, 1,287,595 reports of adverse events from all age groups following COVID-19 vaccines, including 28,532 deaths and 235,041 serious injuries. That's between December 14, 2020 and May 27, 2022. Again, most recent data that we have access to right now. Does that sound safe and effective to you? And how's it doing for stopping the constant COVID new variants, chapter after chapter after chapter, exactly as geoengineeringwatch.org said would happen at the start of this entire scenario. New and ever more virulent versions would continue to surface. I wonder where they're coming from. And I wonder why Dr. Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, and friends always seem to know what's coming, don't they? And consider this, that historically... The VAERS data, the Vaccine Adverse Event Recording System, has been shown to report from only 1% to 5% of the actual vaccine adverse events because the medical industrial complex discourages recognition of the connection, i.e., it's bad for your paycheck and pension as a physician if you report these events for what they are. So much for the Hippocratic Oath. From vaccineimpactnews.com, even worse data. This is from Endura Vigilance, the European reporting system. 45,316 dead, 4,416,778 injured following COVID-19 vaccines. Again, that's the European database of adverse reactions now being called sudden adult death syndrome, SADS. It's a new category to deny vaccine deaths. Most know what SIDS is, sudden infant death syndrome. Why are infants vaccinated within an hour after being born, rushed off and given a hep B vaccine? Why? And what's the connection with that and SIDS? Dig deep. You'll find answers that you don't want. The European database of suspected drug reaction reports endure vigilance verified by the European Medicines Agency, that's the EMA, 
And they are, again, now reporting 45,316 fatalities, 4,416,778 injuries following injections of five experimental COVID-19 shots. Countless internet sleuths are now looking for cases of, quote, sudden deaths, especially among young, previously healthy people, and then looking for their social media accounts where often these people boasted about getting their COVID-19 vaccines. As a result, there's now a new syndrome, as I mentioned earlier, to try and cover up these deaths as vaccine deaths, which are now being referred to as sudden adult death syndrome, SADS, where they claim that the cause of death is, quote, unknown. Meanwhile, the world slips into economic chaos as the pool of human resources to fill jobs to keep the economy functioning continues to shrink at a rapid pace. Welcome to the apocalypse. And again, about collapse, don't forget the bottom line of Earth's failing life support systems. Climate intervention operations fueling that scenario. Next headline, U.S. FDA flags risk of heart inflammation after Novak's COVID vaccine. From that report, these events raise the concern for a Causal association with this vaccine, similar to the association documented with mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. That's what the FDA staff wrote in a briefing with documents released last week. And there's this, Bill Gates, next pandemic likely to be caused by climate change. Really, Bill? The report continues, the prediction that climate change will cause a virus which will then require another global vaccine rollout is somewhat convenient for Gates, given that he is heavily invested in both areas. Gates further said, quote, it could be a virus made by man, by a bioterrorist who designed it and intentionally circulated it. Gates said that's a very scary scenario because they could try to spread it in different places all at once. Mr. Gates, does that sound a bit like COVID-19 that surfaced in 85 countries within three days? What if we plug in this piece of the puzzle that I've mentioned on this broadcast before, that the world's second most recognized climate engineer, Dr. Ken Caldera, whom I've played on this broadcast, a copy of him stating in his own words, in his own voice, what he did for the U.S. Department of Defense was to design methods of spraying pathogens into clouds to infect the populations below. That would spread a virus quite quickly, wouldn't it, Bill? Now, let's add this. Bill Gates infamously warned of a coming supervirus five years before the emergence of COVID-19 during a 2015 TED Talk. From Robert F. Kennedy's childrenshealthdefense.org, this, injuries from COVID shots in children are catastrophic. From that report, vaccinated children face a substantial risk of myocarditis. Moderna's EAU application originally filed in June 2021 has already been held up because of a clear safety signal for myocarditis, which has already prompted a number of European countries to prohibit its use in young people. Additionally, the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System went over that earlier. VAERS already has over 48,500 reports of adverse events in children, including 112 deaths, again, as of May 20th, 2022, and a growing number of reports of, along with a growing number of reports of encephalopathies, clotting issues, diabetes, and neurological issues in children following COVID-19 injections. The global controllers tell us they're here to help us, to save us. With that in mind, consider the following timeless quote from H.L. Mencken again. The urge to save humanity is almost always a false front for the urge to rule. And let's again consider This quote, I've stated many times in this broadcast, it's imperative to remember, from Zygmunt Brzezinski, former advisor to U.S. presidents, from President Johnson 
and all of their administrations all the way to Zabrinsky's death in 2017. Zabrinsky said this, In previous times, it was easier to control a million people than to kill them. With today's technology, it's easier to kill a million people than to control them. Keep that in mind through all of this. Now let's add this new report from the Brownstone Institute and other sources. CDC wants its COVID regime made permanent. The report states the model of virus control deployed over the last 27 months is now part of normal operations. The CDC appears to want it institutionalized. Question, have the lockdowns worked? The face masks, the vaccinations, the COVID pills. And let's not forget peer-reviewed science study published in 2015 in the journal Nature, which proved the COVID-19 gain-of-function characteristic that allowed it to jump to humans was engineered by labs in Wuhan and North Carolina. And please don't believe me. Search and review the following science study title yourself from the journal Nature, titled, quote, Engineered Bat Virus Stirs Debate Over Risky Research. And there's this final point. In 2017, less than two years after the science report I just covered, Dr. Anthony Fauci stated on film and on the record that there would be, quote, a surprise pandemic during this presidency, end quote, meaning during the Trump presidency, which was in office at the time. And looming in the background, this recent Fox News headline report, monkeypox continues to puzzle scientists as it spreads to even more countries. No, the bought-and-paid-for so-called scientists just can't figure it out, can they? Thus, they're, quote, puzzled, as that headline stated. Just like all those from the same circle still pretending that they don't know where CV-19 came from, in spite of the peer-reviewed science study report I just mentioned. Now consider what California is up to, California's so-called government. Voting this week on SB-866, a bill that, if passed would allow minors as young as 12 years old to consent to vaccinations without parental knowledge or consent. We live in a full-blown asylum, and the agendas behind everything that's happening should be crystal clear at this point to anybody that doesn't have their eyes wide shut. Any who think that the endless waves of new and improved pathogens are going to magically stop coming, think again. Now, let's add this to the equation. New from yahoonews.com. Here's the headline, quote, Experts dire warning after strains of, quote, superpower bacteria unearthed. From that report, strains of superpower bacteria that could possibly cause the world's next deadly pandemic have been discovered by scientists in Antarctica. The report states researchers found that the bacteria have a built-in resistance to antibiotics that could make current treatments useless. Who could have imagined that? They continue, the researchers made the shocking discovery during research into how climate change, blaming that again, could affect the spread of bacteria that had been frozen in ice for thousands of years. And they warned that climate change means that deadly pathogens will have the potential to spread beyond polar regions with potentially catastrophic consequences. And of course, pay no attention to all those climate engineering jets spewing out who knows what in our skies. And definitely don't try to connect this with the 400 or so biolabs around the world that are engineering who knows what, putting those two puzzle pieces together could lead to some really alarming conclusions. Couldn't it? You decide. But not to worry. The stock market Ponzi scheme will save us all from ourselves with endless printed money. Or will it? From the Washington Post, last week, World Bank warns global economy may suffer 1970s-style stagflation. 
The report states the global economy may be headed for years of weak growth and rising prices, a toxic combination, they say, that will test the stability of dozens of countries still struggling to rebound from the pandemic. That's from the World Bank. Let's set the record straight. What we collectively face isn't a bump in the road. It's the end of the road. Stock markets have always been designed and orchestrated to pacify a large percentage of the population who, unfortunately, are all too willing to go along with the matrix so long as they are rewarded with easy money. Good luck surviving on fiat currency and yellow metal. Very soon, the only true commodities will be what you can eat, drink, and shelter with. Along the same theme, as mentioned at the start of this broadcast from numerous sources, Quote, the summer of starvation, soaring fertilizer prices unleash chaos and hunger worldwide. About that report, it's grossly inadequate and lacking. It's not just the lack of fertilizer or something mismanaged, perhaps on purpose, supply chains. Here's the bottom line. The planet's ability to sustain the impact of the human race is collapsing, an inarguable conclusion if available data and basic math are put to use. No, it doesn't look good at this point. Not good at all. But again, not to worry. President Biden will save us from ourselves. New from CNN, Biden announces new executive actions to spur domestic solar and clean energy development. For those that aren't already clear on this, it's all smoke and mirrors. Mass delusion and distraction till the brutal bitter end which now draws near. Are alternative forms of energy better than the outright burning of carbon fuels? Yes, of course. But they're certainly not renewable. There is no, quote, renewable energy. I even covered the downfalls of hydrogen last week in last week's broadcast. Let's continue with the same theme. Why Joe Biden is invoking a war power to build heat pumps and solar panels. From that report, the president is making clean energy, so-called clean energy, a national security issue. Through a series of executive actions announced last week, the president plans to use the Defense Production Act to boost clean energy in the United States by putting a two-year freeze on tariffs for solar panels coming to the country from Southeast Asia and simultaneously scaling up the domestic production of clean energy technologies. If you see that enough, people begin to believe it, don't they? But is so-called clean energy truly clean energy? I'll get to that in a moment, but let's continue with this report. This is the latest in a series of moves that show the White House is beginning to treat climate change and, quote, clean energy as a national security issue. It's also the kind of thing that climate activists have been asking Biden and his administration to do for months. The executive actions could bring thousands of manufacturing jobs to the country while also making the U.S. less dependent on foreign oil and gas, particularly as the war in Ukraine continues. Wow, what a great idea. The criminal cabal masquerading as our legitimate government, pushing for more solar power, while they're radically ramping up the solar radiation management atmospheric spraying operations, which cause a massive diminishment of solar power panel output. Circular insanity. And about so-called clean energy, there isn't any. Not truly. Quote, clean energy. The closest we have is hydropower. And the case of hydropower, again, climate engineering, is radically reducing output because climate engineering is the single greatest drought-causing factor on the planet. The laws of physics dictate that there must be more overall rain on a rapidly warming planet. Yes, I know there's deluge in many locations, but there's protracted epic record drought in many more locations. And 
the reason it's not raining more on a rapidly warming planet is because climate intervention operations are radically disrupting the global hydrological cycle, again, creating drought deluge scenarios. Search the engineering drought section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. Question, what does an insane matrix do when what they have been doing is clearly leading to near-term extinction? They double down and do more. New from the UK Guardian. This headline from last week, gold rush for gas production threatens to lock in global heating. Let's be clear on that. It's locked in. There's no going back. We passed the point of no return about two decades ago. Now the question is, can we salvage any part of the planet's remaining life support systems? And the answer is, short-term answer, if we don't expose and halt the climate intervention insanity, the answer is no. From this UK Guardian report, new dash for gas driven by energy disruption and rising prices spurns warnings to cease energy exploration in order to meet the 1.5 heating limit. I'll stop there on the report. Here's a for-the-record correction on current global temperatures. Based on uncensored frontline data, which climate intervention operations are helping to skew, we're likely past 3.5 degrees C now. Here's more clarification. We're past the temperature threshold at which humans have existed on the planet. The repercussions of this have just not caught up yet. But that part of the equation is catching up by the day. Climate intervention operations are supercharging the process. Here's more fun facts. From sciencealert.com, CO2 levels are now comparable to what they were 4 million years ago. Human activity, which of course includes climate engineering at the top of the list, has caused this change. All forms of human activity that affect the energy balance of the planet are part of the problem. And this change has occurred in the geologic blink of an eye, about 200 years. And the change is accelerating by the day. And now let's consider far more potent heat-trapping gases being expelled into our atmosphere, gases like methane and nitrous oxide. Concentrations of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere in May were 50% higher than during the pre-industrial era, the report states, reaching levels not seen on Earth for about 4 million years. The main U.S. climate agency said this last week. Again, this question, how many are parroting this narrative? CO2 is great. The more, the better. Not so much. Consider that crops don't do well without water, do they? But if they're a foot underwater, not so well either. It's about balance. The same holds true for atmospheric chemistry. On that note, this headline, more CO2 in the atmosphere hurts key plants and crops more than previously known. How many headlines do I read on this broadcast do I cover? It's way worse than we thought. And what has geoengineeringwatch.org stated on the record for the entire length of our existence? It's exponentially worse than anything we're being told. We've said it over and over and over because that's what the data dictated. Here's another headline on the same theme I'm covering now. High carbon dioxide levels can retard plant growth. And here's the response many give to that theme. All the greenhouses pump CO2 in to make their plants grow faster, but what else are they doing? They're augmenting their soils with an unimaginable amount of elements to facilitate that growth. That does not exist in the real world. When there's not enough adaptation by the plants in question to the increased CO2 and not enough elements in the soils to facilitate that growth, it has exactly the opposite effect. And that's what we're seeing around the globe. And now let's add the contaminants from climate engineering that are destroying soil microbiome 
in essence, sterilizing soils, affecting root systems. And none of that is being addressed by the so-called experts that are paid to keep their mouths shut and push the official narratives until we're all gone. Search geoengineeringwatch.org, the dying of the trees. Just one report of many on our site. And search somewhere else besides Google, because again, they're doing their absolute best to censor everything from geoengineeringwatch.org. Rapidly escalating temperatures and acidity aren't helping our oceans either. Here's a headline from last week. Record levels of brown seaweed may wash ashore this summer, potentially harming human health. From that report, according to Reuters, when sargassum seaweed decomposes, it releases hydrogen sulfide gas and ammonia. With prolonged exposure to decomposing sargassum seaweed and its harmful byproducts, beachgoers can develop symptoms such as heart palpitations. I wonder if there's other factors contributing to all the recent heart issues. Factors that perhaps we're not allowed to talk about and that far too many don't seem to even want to know about. In regard to our dying oceans, they are converting to what is known as Canfield Ocean. Lifeless, superheated, oxygenless, dead zones. If the oceans die, we die. Game over. About all that filth in our air. Again, let's just blame it on nature. Headline from last week, enormous plume of dust to bring picturesque sunsets to the Gulf Coast. Report states an incoming plume of dust from the Sahara Desert will create vivid, picturesque sunsets and sunrises from Texas to Florida over the upcoming week, according to AccuWeather meteorologists. They say those with respiratory issues are urged to limit the amount of time they spend outside. If you think all those constantly filthy skies and very bizarre, striking sunsets are just dust from some far-off place, think again. Take time to view the groundbreaking climate engineering documentary, The Dimming. And we are currently doing calculations on the amount of tonnage being dumped into our skies globally. We're trying to determine this tonnage from the amount of material found in over 100 precipitation tests over a specific region. I'll have a separate post on this soon with an interview from a key scientist that's part of these calculations and testing. But to give an idea, we're talking about tens of millions of tons of highly toxic nanoparticles being dumped into our skies annually. Aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, graphene, and what else we can't know for certain. All of it bad. All of it synergistically toxic. And all of us are inhaling these elements with every breath we take and about our breathable air column. There's more. This headline from last week, how microplastics in the air are polluting the most remote places on Earth and everywhere in between, by the way. For the record, again, polymer fibers are a primary element named in climate engineering patents. Let's add another layer of insanity to the equation. Consider this title from a recently published science study. New knowledge about Earth's most important biochemical reaction, a step towards increasing CO2 uptake in plants. They say a group of proteins in plant cells plays a vastly more important role in regulation of photosynthesis than once thought. So many things they just didn't know, and they're just now thinking they're figuring out, and perhaps tomorrow they'll figure out that they didn't have it figured out again. Now let's ask this question. What about the sun-blocking, light-scattering, light spectrum altering and highly toxic climate engineering elements being sprayed into our skies. What's that doing to photosynthesis and CO2 uptake? Hundreds of millions of tons, again, annually being sprayed, blotting out our skies, 
poisoning our soils and waters, along with, as I stated, every breath we take, and the so-called science community pretends it's not happening, that we don't really see what we see in our skies, one day soon, after the damage done seals our collective fate, will the so-called science community then step forward and say that they just didn't know, that they had no idea that the shockingly visible jet-sprayed climate engineering solar radiation management dispersions were occurring in our skies? Here's a question. Is the majority of the so-called climate science community, A, dead from the neck up, or B, lying for a paycheck and a pension, or C, all of the above? You decide. More on the same theme. This headline from last week's. Scientists state global warming cannot be stopped without CO2 traps. This certainly doesn't bode well. Considering that the latest, greatest atmospheric carbon capture and sequestration installations are a total failure, actually creating more CO2 than they remove. Not good. And as I mentioned earlier, there's this fun fact for the record. The atmospheric CO2 equivalent is already far higher than any official source will disclose. Why? Because they're not including methane and nitrous oxide in any of their calculations or any other heat trapping gases besides CO2. So if we include all the other parts of the equation, the CO2 equivalent is already nearly double what we're being told. Climate intervention operations is making all of it far worse still. And why aren't any so-called environmental groups, organizations addressing the climate engineering nightmare? Because all such groups that we know of at geoengineeringwatch.org are more interested in protecting their 501 nonprofit status than actually protecting the environment. Any so-called environmental group or organization that's remaining silent about the most destructive environmental assault of all doesn't deserve a penny of support, not a cent. Let's cover a bit more on the so-called experts that are tasked with covering the tracks of the climate engineers. This headline, also from last week, Photographer Captures Bizarre Striped Sunset. From that report, an Oklahoma-based photographer captured a stunning phenomenon in nearby Kansas as the sunset over the Great Plains, and AccuWeather meteorologists are able to explain how this unusual sunset got set in motion, they say. Rather than seeing a sunset where the entire sky was illuminated and the typical orange glow one might expect as evening approaches, photographer Jazz Bishop caught a sunset that made it look like the sky was glitching. Only certain parts of the sky glowed orange rather than the whole sky being painted in the typical array of sunset colors. And what was even more peculiar, the report states, were the glowing and non-glowing areas that were perfectly straight, giving off the appearance of separate orange stripes in the sky. Oh my, I wonder what could do that. They continue the phenomenon filmed from a few different angles, also in Sabbatha, Kansas, on May 30th, can be explained by meteorologists, they say, though it's not precisely clear what happened. How's that for a scientific explanation? The so-called experts could explain it, but they're not going to. And anyway, they admit they, quote, are not precisely clear on what happened. Moving on, what are the weather makers up to in the U.S.? Consider this headline from geoengineeringwatch.org, Frying the West to Cool the East. Search the geoengineeringwatch.org report with that title to gain a better understanding of what the climate engineers are carrying out in the U.S., incinerating the U.S. West again, while keeping the most populated portion of the country, the eastern half, the most anomalously less warm region in the entire world for 10 years in a row. Just a coincidence, I'm sure. From the military that has three times more 
aerial tankers, which are used in climate engineering operations, three times more than all the militaries in the world combined. What do you think they're doing? There's so many reports at geoengineeringwatch.org that so many miss. And to find them, try searching geoengineeringwatch.org. G-E-O, the word engineering, and then watch. Org, followed by the subject term, for example, geoengineeringwatch.org hurricanes or geoengineeringwatch.org methane or geoengineeringwatch.org engineered drought, geoengineeringwatch.org engineering wildfires, etc. Lots and lots and lots of reports. Keep this in mind while searching. Google's extreme censorship of geoengineeringwatch.org everything continues. Try other search engines to find us and our reports. Back to the constant engineered cooldowns being carried out in the eastern U.S. Isn't that good? Many would ask. No. Contaminating and killing the entire planet to temporarily hide a problem from a population isn't good. Weather for Northern California and much of the U.S. Northwest shortly after chemically seeded moisture flows are gone and the usual drip and drizzle they bring completely unlike the long-term historical weather systems, the temperatures rocket back up by 40 or even 50 degrees in a matter of a day or two. On that note, what was the weather in Northern California at the end of this week? Shortly after early week moisture and drip and drizzle like I described, with lots of aircraft moving overhead that aren't visible with this canopy of sprayed filth, the temperatures went from 50 degrees earlier in the week, during the day, up to the triple digits by the end of the week, Thursday and Friday, bone dry with a canopy of climate engineering jet sprayed filth in our skies, jet sprayed aerosols, moisture robbing desiccant aerosols. And now yet again, a bit of moisture is scheduled to be allowed into Northern California in the coming days. Chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations and the toxic drizzle that goes with them will dramatically drop the temperatures at the surface again for a day or two, but no meaningful amount of rain will be allowed to fall. What's the long-term effect of such climate intervention operations? The worst western drought in at least 1,200 years. Exactly what geoengineeringwatch.org said was coming, on the record, for the last decade and a half. The first full-page newspaper ads that geoengineeringwatch.org paid for were done in 2008. In Northern California, full-page newspaper ads, again, stating if climate intervention operations were allowed to continue, what's happening today would happen. It could not be otherwise. And here it is. Next headline, same theme. Mega drought causes perilously low water levels at Lake Mead. And let's not forget Lake Powell, Lake Orville, Lake Shasta. The list goes on and on and on. And it's not just happening here. This headline from last week, scientists address the imbalance of the, quote, Asian water tower. For those that aren't familiar with this term, it refers to what is known as the third pole on the planet, a.k.a. the third massive ice deposit after Antarctica and the Arctic. This third massive ice deposit is on the Tibetan plateau, and it's melting at blinding speed. The rivers that have been fed by the so-called Asian water tower for thousands of years will soon enough run dry. Food production that's already imploding from increasingly harsh conditions will then completely collapse. No food for billions of people, yet another Mad Max scenario coming soon. And never forget this. 
there can't be any legitimate discussion of the climate from any perspective without first and foremost addressing the ongoing climate disruption operations. Back to melting ice. Where's all that melted ice going? Into our rapidly rising seas, of course. On that note, this headline from last week from the Miami NewTimes.com. Sea level rise in Miami Dade could cost $3.2 billion, they say, by 2040. Let's dissect this. First, from this article, a new report from the Center for Climate Integrity confirms what most of us already know. The seas are rising and Miami is going to be hit hard. But the study puts the impact of climate change into stark, almost apocalyptic terms. If Miami-Dade were to construct a basic seawall defense system, the county would need to spend $3.2 billion for 267 miles of coastal barriers. There's no point in covering anything else in this report. It's absolute, total delusion. The hubris of the human race thinking they can tech their way out of anything by printing more money and looting and pillaging and plundering more and building giant seawalls and putting space mirrors to block the sun, undersea walls to hold up glaciers, covering the Arctic and Greenland with tarps, which has been proposed by the so-called science community to stop them from melting. We're going to cover Greenland with tarps? Really? And of course, the ultimate form of human insanity, spraying the sky with highly toxic heavy metal and polymer nanoparticles in the official stated effort to slow down an already runaway climate collapse scenario. Stop and think about the official premise for climate engineering, solar radiation management, spraying extremely toxic particle pollutants into our skies in what we're told is the attempt to slow down the warming of the planet that toxic atmospheric pollutants created in the first place. Does that make any sense whatsoever? It does when the pieces of this puzzle are completely connected, which paints a clear picture. The atmospheric spraying isn't actually about mitigating climate collapse. It's about power and control. It's weather and biological warfare. Nothing less. On that note, for our new radio on-air listeners, you're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the Bad News Broadcast. This is installment number 357, June 11th, 2022. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Northern California, Texas, Alabama, Florida, Denver, Washington State, Oregon, the Northeast, Sacramento, San Diego, San Francisco, Santa Cruz, Colorado, Phoenix, Las Vegas, and now we've added Pittsburgh. Geoengineeringwatch.org wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm and turn the tide. In regard to sounding the alarm, please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share this groundbreaking documentary is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. A final footnote, you can find geoengineeringwatch.org awareness raising materials on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There's very high quality printed materials and just added our new geoengineeringwatch.org shirts, scannable business cards, and bumper stickers. All effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue and to get as of yet uninformed individuals to look up and take notice. Moving on, climate intervention operations continue to do what they do best. 
Last week, this headline, severe thunderstorms and tennis ball-sized hail wreak havoc across France. From that report, severe thunderstorms brought heavy rain and up to tennis ball-sized hail to France, wreaking havoc on vineyards across large parts of the country, leaving thousands of homes without power, one person dead and 15 injured. This is what chemical ice nucleation does. It starts the ice nucleating process far sooner and creates massive destructive hail. Under other conditions, it creates the quote, heavy wet snow, the concrete-like snow that crushes trees and so much else, killing livestock. Search the Engineering Winter section to learn what will shock you about these processes of engineering winter. From Climate Wire, this last week, changes, quote, absolutely massive in warming European Alps. From that report, the snow-capped European Alps are gradually turning from white to green as the region warms. New research finds It's a transformation so clear that it's visible from space. Sounds good, everything turning green, doesn't it? But it's not that much green because overall forests all over the world are dying. And some grass growing in a place where there was once snow doesn't change the overall composition, doesn't turn us in the right direction. There's always more breaking reports than I can cover in this broadcast. I'll blaze through as many as I can, but we'll allow enough time to cover the law that allows our government to trespass wherever they want for any reason and This, why so-called scientists can't or won't tell the truth. Moving on. Record-breaking rains hit South Florida, causing widespread flooding. Again, more about Miami-Dade counties that are spending about a billion dollars a year to keep their streets dry. Good luck for much longer. Next headline, severe storms to blitz across top of southern U.S. heat dome. Remember that term, heat dome? I talk about it often. It's what happens below ionosphere heater created heat domes, pushes air down. That compressing air creates more heat in the northern hemisphere. That dome spins clockwise, and that spins moisture around that dome, and that's exactly what this article is talking about. They state a strengthening heat dome in the southwest will expand across much of Texas and Oklahoma. That's from AccuWeather Storm Warning Meteorologist Michael Stalham. Maybe we should email him a link to the dim. On the northern edge of this heat dome, there have been disturbances in the jet stream which have aided in the development and strengthening of clusters of thunderstorms which may drop hailstones up to three inches or more in diameter. Exactly what I mentioned a moment ago about what's happening in France is happening in countless locations around the globe. Happened recently in Australia, wiping out crops there, citrus crops and, and many other crops. Welcome to winter weather warfare. According to the Weather Channel, last week, Birmingham, Alabama, had its rainiest June day on record, which brought flash flooding. Moisture needed for chemical ice nucleation for weather modification, but they used the heat domes to steer the upper-level wind currents, which then steers moisture where they want it. Nothing natural in any of this. Next headline, dangerous heat wave to keep temperatures near 100 degrees or higher in Texas. They say June is off to a sizzling start across much of Texas, and they say Mother Nature still has a few more unfortunate tricks up her sleeve. Mother Nature. What a sick, twisted society we live in and the so-called experts that come with it. Next headline, high temps in Phoenix could crack the 115 degree mark. That's hot for anywhere, but we're entering now as the atmospheric humidity starts to go up in some regions, especially along the Gulf Coast, the wet bulb temperatures, the temperatures which become incompatible to the human body. Too much humidity with too high temperatures, body can't cool itself. People start to drop in the streets. It's coming. Next headline, heat wave threatens over 40 million across the southwest. Again, think high pressure, heat dome, ionosphere heater created. Think HARP and the installations like it. Another headline from CBS News, western drought likely to get worse and expand, climate researchers say. Let's call them what they are. They're climate engineering scheduled weather script readers. 
It's exactly what they are. And the drought is going to expand because that's what's scheduled to happen. They cut off the rain from the western U.S., many other parts around the globe. And we can see it on satellite imagery. We're not guessing. Next headline, the link between wildfires and drinking water contamination. And let's add this headline, climate-driven flooding poses well water contamination risks. All of this serves those in power, making it impossible for populations to function, to live, to grow food, to drink. Another headline from AccuWeather. Potent atmospheric river racing toward Pacific Northwest. What's happening here? Late season stream of moisture. They will try to fire hose into the Pacific Northwest, spinning around this high-pressure dome. The climate engineers will see this with chemical ice nucleating elements that will disperse much of the moisture, but it will radically cool down the surface, everything inland from this flow of moisture. That's what it's designed to do. They need a lot of water to do this. On that note, next headline related from the UK Daily Mail. Freezing cold weather, refusing to go away as winter records tumble and Queensland town braces for a brutal minus five degrees. Keep in mind what's happened in Australia. They were first droughted out, then they were incinerated, now they're being buried underwater. And as this water continues, they can nucleate it and cool down the surface temperatures. Radical extremes that are wreaking havoc across the environment and at every level, and the populations as well. Next headline, last week. A huge Atlantic current is slowing down. If it collapses, La Nina could become the norm for Australia, i.e. more of the same that they're getting. They're talking about the AMOC current. If it collapses... A whole lot worse is going to happen with it. Next headline, winter-like scene develops in Germany despite temperatures in the 70s. This was hail, tennis and softball size hail, up to three feet deep. Think about that. Chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. Next headline, Israeli study, climate change already causing storm levels only formally expected in 2080. Oh, gee, it's way worse than we thought. Again. Next headline, flooding downpours slam China leaving dozens dead. Next headline, Antarctic glaciers losing ice at fastest pace in at least 5,500 years. Next headline, collapsing Antarctic glaciers could push sea levels to dangerous new highs. Could, may, might. Of course, when the ice deposits melt, sea levels will rise. Saying otherwise is like saying you jump off a 100-story building, you could, may, might get hurt. And there's this, also from last week, from the UK Guardian. We cannot adapt our way out of climate crisis, warns leading scientists. That is the understatement of the year. On the current course, no one gets out alive. That's how bad it is. Statistical, mathematical certainty on the current course. The biggest leap we could take in the right direction is to focus on the biggest hole in the bottom of the boat. Stopping the climate intervention operation. Stop playing God with the weather. Let the planet respond to the damage done and stop all other forms of human destruction as well. But we must start with the biggest hole in the bottom of the boat, and that hole is climate engineering operations. As far as government overreach, which certainly we see in our skies, don't we? But there's this to consider, because it's indicative of what the government is now. As I mentioned at the start of this broadcast, this is from agweb.com. Unbounded. Government claims right of access and surveillance on all private land. The, and the skies, of course, as well, because they feel it's their right to dump whatever they want on us, right? From this report, the government claims a phenomenally powerful right, access and surveillance on every inch of privately held farmland, hunting ground, pasture, and recreational acre in the United States without warrant or probable cause. The federal assertion to total power over private land is a chilling prospect to a significant portion of Americans, and the alarm begs a subsequent concern. What activities does the U.S. government assume the right to engage in after entry onto private land, and precisely which government officials get a perpetual pass? 
It's officially called the, quote, open fields provision. Very few, even in legal arenas, are aware of this extreme U.S. government overreach that allows any alphabet agency or any government official at all, for that matter, to enter your land beyond the immediate yard around your home. They can surveil put up cameras, they can do whatever they want for as long as they want, and there's nothing you can do to stop them. And now, with everything that's unfolding on the wider horizon, what forms of total government control are coming next? Question, where's the outrage? Too much fluoride in our water? Too much societal programming as well? On that note, as I also mentioned at the start of this broadcast, an ominous quote from John D. Rockefeller, who said, I don't want a nation of thinkers, I want a nation of workers. This mentality acted as the foundation for the current education system in America and indeed the globe, a system designed to condition students from a young age to sit down, shut up, and do what they're told and perform repetitive tasks for eight hours a day. In 1902, the General Education Board was created after John D. Rockefeller donated an initial $1 million, and he would later give over $180 million to fund the GEB, that's the General Education Board. The GEB provided major funding for schools across America and was very influential in shaping the current education system. The following is a quote from Frederick Gates, Rockefeller's business advisor and prominent member of the General Education Board. He said this, In our vision, we have limitless resources, as the money printers do, right? He continued, And the people yield themselves with perfect docility to our molding hand. End quote. Think about that. That's who's in power. And why would we think otherwise? Why would we think they have our best interest in mind in any respect? Why would we think that they want us to proliferate and consume until nothing's left? We have quotes from Kissinger and others stating exactly the opposite, don't we? Lots and lots of such quotes. From Einstein, this. And he made his mistakes as well. I don't deny that. But he said this, Never confuse education with intelligence. How true that is. I work with many farmers that might not have the largest education or the most degrees, but they get it. They get it to the core. I've worked with so many highly degreed individuals that don't have a clue. None. And it's impossible to reach them. You can't add to a cup that's already full. The aim of the so-called education system is not to produce an aware and awake populace, but to reduce as many individuals as possible to the same safe-for-the-controller's level of consciousness, to suppress originality, to discourage critical thinking and imagination. Further, we have a generation, an entire generation, addicted to the dopamine loops of social media, many of which are effectively state-run spying apps. Let's rewind to this headline from the past. John D. Rockefeller Jr. donated land for the United Nations headquarters. Is that any surprise? Here's a subheading from the report. Explaining the Rockefeller and Gates Foundation's influence on the governance of global health and agricultural development. Let's not forget education. The report states, Rockefeller funds drove scientific research that produced tangible solutions such as medical treatments and high-yield seeds. Let's ponder that report excerpt for a moment. Rockefeller funds drove scientific research that produced tangible solutions such as, the next word is a pressured and pushed medical treatment of a type that I'm not allowed to mention, and high-yield seeds, a.k.a. genetically modified organisms, GMO crops, 
can grow twice as fast with half the nutrition. Summary, they might fill your stomach, but by being forced to digest twice as many calories to get the same level of nutrition as non-GMO crops, the frankenfoods are far worse for your health. And on top of all that, there are the proven harmful chemicals and characteristics of GMO everything. And about that specific medical treatment I'm not allowed to mention, are we, the human race, now in a sense, a form of GMO organism? You decide. Yes, the Rockefellers' tangible solutions. And there's this question. What were the actual objectives of the so-called solutions in the first place? Countdown to human extinction. The clock is about to strike midnight on the proverbial last day. Or has our time, in essence, already run out? The term functional extinction applies. As I've covered in previous broadcasts, once a process of catastrophic cascading collapse scenarios have been fully triggered, there is little chance of turning the tide. Example, when one species goes extinct, all other species that depend on the now extinct species are also doomed. Again, the term is co-extinction. In the Hollywood movie 2012, at one point, Woody Harrelson plays a character that's standing in the epicenter of a supervolcano blast zone. The eruption is unfolding and accelerating. There's nowhere for him to run. There's nowhere for him to hide. So he simply embraces what's unfolding till the moment of impact. How many feel this is exactly what's unfolding on a planetary scale now? Except the supervolcano, in this case, is the combined insane actions of the human race, plunging us all toward extremely near-term planetary omnicide. Are we too late to even try to make a difference? Never. It's absolutely never too late to do what's right, because it's right. If our actions, if our efforts to wake others to what's unfolding and why, if our combined efforts make a difference to a single soul, a difference that helps them to see the world clearly and to respond accordingly, with honor, with courage, with determination, then the entire journey to wake others will have been worth every arduous step. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is doing what's right, taking right action in spite of fear. If we carry this theme, this equation, further, how much difference could our collective efforts make? Consider the math. If a single concerned, caring, and awake individual manages to awaken two more on the first day of a 30-day month, and then those two awaken to each on the second day, and so on, at the end of 30 days, many millions will have been reached. And if it sounds like my math is wrong, it's not. Do the exponential equation yourself and see. Collapse is a given. What was will soon be no more. But if our combined efforts can salvage enough of Earth's remaining life support systems to help anyone make it through what's coming, again, the effort will have been worth every single day of toil in this all-important battle to expose and halt the collective insanity, starting with stopping the toxic weather warfare assault in our skies from which there is nowhere to hide. The sand in the hourglass continues to run down, but all of us hold this power of will to be the immovable mountain of determination and courage that the storm of insanity cannot budge. Please join us in this all-important battle to sound the alarm and to turn the tide. Share credible data from a credible source. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.